Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Wednesday, November 29th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Talking about climate change can feel like an uphill battle when your audience is skeptical of the science. In the Midwest, the resistance has pushed climatologists and meteorologists out of the field. It was, you know, I don't need to hear your liberal conspiracy theories on our air. Take the politics out of your forecast. We'll have more on the tough conditions facing climate science communicators in just a few minutes. Roughly 1,000 workers could be out of jobs at a Metro East steel mill. St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer reports U.S. Steel will idle the main blast furnace at Granite City Works. The layoffs follow the other blast furnace being temporarily shuttered earlier this fall. Now both will be shut down indefinitely. The news is a major blow to the Metro East community, whose economic health centers on the mill. Tony Furman, the director of Madison County's Department of Training and Employment, said the county will offer services for the laid-off employees. He says the layoffs will have big impacts. thousand people being pulled out of Granite City. How is that going to affect mom-and-pop restaurants down the street and all that? I mean, there's going to be a big ripple effect when that happens, right? The layoffs will start on January 28th. U.S. Steel says not all employees who received a notice may be laid off. They say roughly 60 percent will be affected. I'm Will Bauer, St. Louis Public Radio. Officials have broken ground on a new center in St. Louis to drive innovation in the manufacturing sector. The Advanced Manufacturing Innovation Center will serve as a hub for research and development into new materials and industrial production methods. It will also provide workforce training. Center Board Chair Dennis Mullenberg is a former CEO and president at Boeing. I had the privilege of looking at advanced manufacturing centers around the world, and I can assure you what we are doing here in St. Louis is unique, it is extraordinary, and it will transform the region and the country. Mullenberg says the operation, set to open in 2025, will enhance established regional sectors like aerospace, geospatial, biosciences, and ag tech. Members of the civilian board overseeing the St. Louis jail have been granted access to the downtown facility for the first time. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports on yesterday's visit by the Detention Facilities Oversight Board. Mayor Tashara Jones first appointed the board's nine members in 2022, but legal battles and delays in completing required training meant they had not been able to enter the Criminal Justice Center. Three members spent about 50 minutes in the jail, mostly talking to the Corrections Commissioner. The board's chair, Daryl Gray, says they were able to extract a promise for their staff to have access, something he called a good first step. Are we convinced that she has done everything that she could as it relates to the safety and the well-being? I don't think that we're convinced yet. Seven inmates have died at the CJC in the last two and a half years, and a guard was injured in a riot in August. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. The former head of the St. Louis Archdiocese has been reprimanded by Pope Francis for being a source of disunity in the church. The New York Times reports Cardinal Raymond Burke will be thrown out of his Vatican-subsidized apartment and will have his salary as a retired cardinal relinquished. The newspaper's findings come weeks after the Pope removed a vocal conservative bishop from Texas following a Vatican-led investigation into the governance of his diocese. 
Burke and Pope Francis have long disagreed on the direction of the Catholic Church. Burke and other conservative-leaning Catholic clergy members recently urged the Pope to reject proposals, including the blessing of same-sex marriage. Edwardsville is asking residents for feedback on writing the city's next 10- to 20-year development plan. Officials will hold an open house next Tuesday, allowing city leaders to gather feedback. Edwardsville planner Steve Strickland. You know, we're looking to hear people's thoughts on development in the city, green space, priorities, housing, and how that that looks for the city. Residents will also be able to provide feedback over the next couple of months through more meetings and online comments. City officials hope to conclude the process by late summer or early next fall. Illinois public health officials want racism declared as a contributing factor to a public health crisis. It's one of five provisions in the Healthy Illinois 2028 initiative. State officials point to research showing people of color have higher rates of heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and infant mortality. The State Board of Health and the Illinois Department of Public Health say declaring racism as part of the problem could improve health outcomes for people of color. Talking about climate change can be a tough job. That's especially true in places where audiences may be more skeptical of the science. Climatologists and meteorologists throughout the Midwest say they are facing stress, burnout, and even death threats. Harvest Public Media's Elizabeth Rembert reports. Back in 2021, Chris Gloniner was excited to start his new job as chief meteorologist at KCCI, a TV station in Iowa. He was moving from Boston to Des Moines to connect the dots between daily weather and climate change trends. It's something he'd honed over more than 15 years as a TV meteorologist, like when he covered flooding in New Hampshire. What's causing it? It's a combination of rising sea level and astronomically high tide. In Iowa, it got some viewers grumbling. It was, you know, I don't need to hear your liberal conspiracy theories on on our air. Take the politics out of your forecast. That wasn't surprising. He expected pushback. I just didn't expect the magnitude at the time and how quickly it went off the rails. In summer 2022, Gloniner started receiving a steady flow of harassing emails. In one, the sender asked for his address and said, we conservative Iowans would like to give you an Iowan welcome you will never forget. Glonginer had security, but says he still felt unsafe. You don't, you never know what hill somebody is willing to die on. Eventually, it became too much. After two years in Iowa, Gloniner moved back to the East Coast to be closer to his family and take a consulting job focused on climate solutions. While resistant voices can be loud, 90 percent of Americans are still open to learning about climate change, according to Ed Maybach with the Center for Climate Change Communication at George Mason University. Maybach says research shows people value hearing about climate change from trusted sources like meteorologists and climatologists. Even in very conservative communities across America, their audiences have responded with overwhelming appreciation for the effort they're making. But skepticism and hostility from the minority can be a challenge for people on the front lines of climate communication, especially in conservative states. I talked to climatologists and meteorologists in seven states who have encountered strong resistance. Like Melissa Widhelm, who spent years presenting the science to communities in Indiana. Every time you went out, you just weren't sure what you were going to get. 
you know, you always went in having to mentally prepare yourself that somebody could be there to cause trouble or not engage in a civilized way. In Nebraska, that became too exhausting for Martha Durr, who recently resigned as the state's climatologist. She says she didn't feel she had anything left to give the job. I went to school to become a scientist, and what I found myself doing the most of in this role is almost being a therapist and helping people through climate change. For nearly eight years, she tried to be empathetic and meet people where they were when it came to climate change. She pointed out local impacts that people could see in their own backyards. It was discouraging when her careful consideration ran into a wall of resistance. It gets tiring trying to convince people that science is real. And this is a fact. It isn't, it isn't a point of debate. If you want to do that, you, you can go talk to somebody else. But I'm not at a place where I want to keep doing this. When it gets tough for Melissa Widhelm, she thinks it might be easier in a more liberal state. But then she tells herself, There's nowhere else that is more important to do this work than right here in Indiana, because otherwise it would not be talked about at all. In Iowa, Chris Gloniner saw how much people appreciated his work. After he talked about the harassment on air, he received hundreds of messages from grateful viewers, which he printed out into a thick manuscript. You were very honest in discussing climate change, which I appreciated. So sorry that you were harassed by the extremists out there. Fort Dodge, Iowa. He hopes someone else will help Iowa viewers understand climate change. I'm Elizabeth Rembert, Harvest Public Media. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including St. Louis Public Radio, which is a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.